People don't buy from you because they understand you. They buy from you because you understand them. And what we understand is the pain that decorators go through. So if we don't overnight that packet of transfers to them to solve that pain, then we're just contributing to it. We wanna stop the buck right there to make sure that they make their customers happy. We are live. Welcome back. Hey. You flew in here. Hold on, I got trash in my pocket. This I, episode inside 2023. I just spent five days in Vegas. What were you doing in uh, Vegas? We were exhibiting at... Other than being a degenerate. <laughs> no, we were very responsible. We were exhibiting at the Sportswear Licensing Tailgate Show first time for Campus Inc. And it was quite the treat. And then we... What, what is that trade show? It's all licensed um, apparel. So sports teams, um, mostly collegiately licensed, uh, but like NFL, you know, where you get your NFL jerseys, trinkets, college stuff, anything you can think of, whether it's drinkware, teddy bears, t-shirts, um, all finished goods and all buyers from across the country in their bookstores. Um, so like the national buyer for TJ Maxx was there, which was kind of cool. Mm. Um, there's a How buy. does the national buyer for TJ Maxx, like that? it's just crazy to think of because they get a lot of stuff that's discounted. Yeah, um, but like there's college, there's licensed apparel at TJ Maxx. True. Got right? It. Like so when you were a kid, you got your you got your Bulls jersey from TJ Maxx. Wow. So like he has to buy that and put it on his shelves. What was your, so this is your first booth. I remember our first booth. It was a rickety 10 by 10. You guys went hard, though. I've seen the photos. We brought 25, 26 people to Vegas. Okay. We got a 20 by 20 booth. We were exhibiting next to some of the bigger companies, um, like down the street from Fanatics. And uh, it was really our come out to the world. We're this NIL startup company. And we had a lot of customers, new customers, existing customers, licensing directors. Um, yeah, it was good. Wow. It was exhausting. Really? <laughs> yeah. Do you think it was like good meetings? Do you feel like there's a positive ROI for what you guys did? Well, like, I, would you do it again? I need to talk to Watson to see what the bills added up to. Uh, I bet you we put 60 or 70 grand into this thing. But you got your stores do really well for the schools, for the NIL. Correct. Correct. If we are able to acquire a license and use it and get that launched, yeah, it's a positive ROI. Got it. It's just too early to measure. But you even said it best. It's hard to measure in-person events. It is. I, I feel like, you know, it's so weird. Somebody earlier yesterday said, I remember you guys here four or five years ago, and it was two or three people at the booth. And it's just really cool that you have this squad of 20 people here now. And like, and then our, our one of our team members, Kelly, she was like, yeah, it was weird because it was harder to sell since nobody had ever heard of it. But then we came back and we came back and we came back. And then now it makes the conversation so much. Oh, yeah, I've been watching you guys. I've heard of you guys. I've seen you. I've been following. Or just like how many of your customers come to see you? Yeah. Like, uh, I'm, Thank I'm, you. I'm really bad sometimes with names, but I know shop names the name and Facebook names. Yeah, so name I'll be like, out. and they'll be like, oh, hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, what have been your highlights for the show? Impressions. I think this one was the first one that was definitely back from pre-COVID, which is cool. Like it felt like 2019 is cool again. Um, I'd say that all the big manufacturers are here, which was like 
Guns blazing. Yeah, which, you know, you've got MHM over here. You've got Rock, MNR, Anatol Workhorse, uh, Brown. You've just got the, the works, um, which that was a problem with, like, attendees. It, if attendees don't have the presses, that's they, they're not happy, and that happened a lot before this one. Uh, and then... Um, there's a couple new tech items I'm seeing. Obviously, DTF has some improvements and enhancements. I've seen some ink improvements. I've seen some like um, near field. Like I saw a shirt from Threadfast that they, for 40 cents extra, can add a little tag to your shirt. So it was really cool for promo. You put your phone by it, and it's a link. Ooh, um, an NFC tag. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh, that was getting my brain going. Of like, you know cool marketing events or ideas like that but yeah we've been going around trying to meet a lot of folks i think mnr came out swinging which was really cool yeah. i mean they have a massive they brought their polaris all the technology that they're showing off uh here too and of course by the way thank you to unite together for uh including us letting us use this space too yeah for, uh, they, we they're did pushing diversity and inclusion in the space we did it at fort worth and it was really fun we ran the megapod yeah. And Rock so, had another boat party. Rock had another boat party. Which I've heard was awesome, too. I had a bedtime yesterday because Vegas, uh, <laughs> Vegas <laughs> wore me out a little bit. Um, it's interesting to see some of the bigger menu. Like, so last year, the DTFs were the small mom and pop DTF companies. And this year, there are some bigger companies. People um, spending money. People spending money or bigger companies that have, like, brought them under their wing, um, which has been really interesting. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it develops. Um, but yeah, I thought yesterday I came in at like one, two o'clock. It was like shoulder to shoulder in the rock atrium. Yeah. Like you couldn't move around. Yeah. Um, our friend Eric at East West Machines. His first debut. His first well, debut. I'll get, him on, I'll get him on for a little thing that we'll do separately. Yeah. Busy I think he's selling. He's automated heat press machinery. Like interesting new, uh, you know, vertical that's created out of transfers. So, you know, how do you do that faster? Um, obviously, we've got a really cool guest coming uh, soon here to talk about their improvements on the heat pre or on uh, the transfer technologies. Um, Workhorse is coming out with this crazy new press this year. Is it is it named after? Is it the Wild Boy? <laughs> I've actually, I was poking him of like. What is the name? And he won't release it. I bet you he's going to name it Wild Boy. Uh, I got to give the Workhorse team a shout out. They are doing some very interesting work connecting the press to the Internet. Oh. Uh, yeah. So we'll see. I, like, you know, it's harder said than done. It's, you know, you need the software component and the hardware component. Most of these companies are very hardware driven. But, yeah, he's been teasing that. And they've been working very hard on that with Justin Lawrence at Oklahoma Shirt Company. Uh, very excited about that. We got Danny Sweeman had a good conversation, CEO of MNR. I asked Danny, I said, what is your biggest challenge, like as a leader from last year to this year? And he's like, we hired and scaled so much that our training and education has fallen a little bit behind and we hmm. just got to improve and get better. It's interesting to see how MNR has kind of started to change into the more of the digital world. Like mm -hmm. they know their presses are good and strong. Now they're like really leaning into like Polaris, digital squeegee. Um, that's been an interesting, I don't know. Do you think, you know, you know, what's been really interesting though is I think they did a very good job 
they're diving into influencer marketing. I don't think they've really done that before and working with Andy at ShirtCong. You know, people look up to him. They trust Andy. You know, obviously, shouts out to the shirt show. Not but like, Dylan, just Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but letting him test it and beta test and improve upon it, that's cool. I mean, if you think of, so I didn't go to Shirt Show Happy Hour this year because I was uh, still in Vegas. But it was packed. Shirt Show Happy Hour last year was job. nuts. I heard it was shoulder to shoulder this year. It was, in, it was impossible to get in. Uh, because it was so busy. It was like every listener was crammed in, which is awesome to see. They've done an awesome day. And thanks to them for sponsoring and doing that. Yeah. Uh, maybe you should. No, never mind. Take that. I'll take it back. <laughs> um, uh, oh, I got another one. Um, did you meet with PMI tape? Yes. I did the, uh, I did the tape challenge. Um, you have to cut to that real quick. It was 9.2 seconds. Yeah, no, I, I definitely broke some records, whether at the bottom of the list or at the top top of the list. If you don't the, follow Shirt Kong on Instagram, Kyle Caldwell um, from Shirt Kong, um, he can tape a screen in like 9.1 seconds beautifully. I have so much respect for doing it and seeing that, how fast it is. But he was also talking about the technology in the tape. They manufacture everything uh, in-house. They're right outside Indianapolis. Huh. Um, thank you to Andrew at PMI Tape. Reach out if you guys want a tour there. He said we're, doors are always open. Sweet. So if you're there, do it. Yeah, they manufacture everything else. And he was just talking about supply chain stuff of tape, things you didn't think about. The stuff they get from Europe and Italy of the different chemicals and the chemistry behind the tape and the innovations that they're doing. Yeah. What's cool about split tape is... Um half of it will stick to the screen and the other won't stick as much to the metal. So like you can tear the tape off beautifully. Yep. And you don't realize how beneficial that is when you're tearing down, say it's a six or seven color job and you want to take the tape off. It's literally the difference between like four seconds of screen and like a minute of just like peeling and when tape gets stuck on the frames and all that stuff. And I wasn't a believer for a long time. And then I'm like, oh, he literally said, because I said, what is the benefits of that? And it's exactly what he said. And so he's like, that's why it's maybe eight bucks or something, a roll. Definitely, I guess, more expensive. But he's like, you could save in almost an hour a day. Pulling tape. Exactly. Pretty crazy. Did you meet with Liquid guys? Yeah. Um, I got to grab some more time. Every, everything got so crazy. Um, but yeah, I want to get Josh. Maybe get Josh on to... I know he's been talking about, hopefully this is okay talking about, but him wanting to have a better work-life balance huh. and creating that around the business. So, I mean, uh, he runs one of the largest shops that I know. Don't quote me, like 15 autos. I know it's 120,000 square feet. I've seen it. It's like half fulfillment, half, uh, you know, printing. It's just unbelievable the amount of work that they do all direct retail like very little contract if I, at all i think um what we're starting to see in print shops maturing is like okay they've been working the 80 hours a week for the last five six seven years and now they're like trying to settle in like what do you want out of your business versus like what do you aspire for and then what makes you like happy um it's cool to see josh talking about that or justin lawrence we just talked about that at the year-end podcast um, how's your work-life balance, Bruce? Great. I mean, you've been focusing on it. Yeah, I've been actively focusing on, uh, we talked about this separately, uh, you know, 
marriage, relationship improvements, um, just less time on a laptop, um, and then just better usage of time when I'm on the laptop and delegating better. I think, gosh, it's crazy to see, but the, the way that the new ownership has come in and implemented management within probably six months and good quality management is really cool. Uh, and this always sounds like I'm like sucking up here, but like I idolize what happened there to think back as to damn, like we should have, like, why didn't we do that? There's why one request I still have. It's to take Bruce off of trade show management for pallets <laughs> and logistics. I'm doing good. I'm th better. All right. <laughs> <laughs> So I get a call on a random day being like, hey, oh, Steven, yeah. Sorry, um, I did you schedule a pickup for Printavo? I'm like, no. They're like, well, there's a truck here. And I think Bruce is in the Philippines. <laughs> yeah, we got to get you off that. James, if you're listening to this, please remove Bruce from <laughs> Trade Show Logistics Management. Yeah, it I guess the truck showed up for the pallet. I didn't give anybody a heads up or the paperwork. More importantly, no, they won't take it with the paperwork. Uh, and uh, yeah, I had to redo it. Second time was the charm. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, we got an awesome guest coming up. They're going to swing by here soon. And we'll be able to share that. Let's do it. Two minutes. Ads from the dome. We have no script for these ads. Ad reads. Easy Ways line of environmentally conscious chemicals are awesome to use. Make sure to check them out. What are your favorite chemicals, Steven? 701-842. Thank and you. They're coming out uh, with some Long new Beach. stuff. They are here. They are here supporting. They support all really great educational events. So thank you, Easy Way. Um, the other thing too, they are with over a hundred distributors, but they give really good best practices to be able to help. So their team is there to support, which I think is one of the bigger things than just buying the product. Like it's so hard to figure a lot of this stuff out without being there. I think what what's cool about Easy Way, like you said, is they're agnostic to like all distributors. So you can literally buy it anywhere, and then they're always there nationally to help you out, which is super cool. Graphx Source. What's cool about Graphx? Well, if you need art, you call Graphx. If you need SEPs, you call Graphx. If you need to automate your art department, you call Graphx uh, because they embed into your Printavo. Uh, we have two artists, um, and they do a back office work like building online stores um, and other things. So 1900 Hot Stuff. Um, they are at the show right next to Printavo's booth. And uh, yeah, they are growing really quick too, which is cool. So thanks Nick and Lucas and Brent and the team at Graphic Source. We were just about to say the ad read for Multicraft, but we're like, who better than Multicraft Daddy? He's up to 500 and- 540, 550. Yeah, I he think it's more than that, actually. He keeps it on his, on his watch. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's great about Dave is I just called him and I said 2362 and he was here in two minutes. That's kind of how it works with ink. If I'm not supplying the customer the right way, then what am I doing? You know? uh, so if you need ink supplies or a daddy. Call Multicraft Daddy. <laughs> Put an underscore. <laughs> underscore, sorry, you're right. You're right. How, how has the show been for you now that you're Multicraft Daddy? Actually, it's been really interesting with a lot of people coming up and going, hey, I'm looking to meet this guy named Multicraft Daddy, and I'm standing there actually talking to him. So it's kind of <laughs> very interesting and surprising, to be honest with you. Really surprising. Uh, something cool that Dave did that I was really proud of is sending your whiskey bottles as gifts. Did you see that on Instagram? Okay, I got a box, but I was waiting to tell you thank you before I opened it up. But I'm going to give you a pre-thank pre you. <laughs> Look at that. 
Daddy, daddy supplies all desk, the goods. And I was like, damn it, I gotta keep running in and out of the house and everything. That's go, such a good, smart gift. If more people did that, you'd get more customers. Well, you know, it's, it's old school. It's exactly. It's one of those things that I was taught a long time ago when I was doing, you know, when I owned a. He's uh, at, you're at five sixty. Oh, I thought it was 564, but okay. You, you lose a couple followers. followers. <laughs> yeah, you said a few things. Maybe it was last night too hard to party. Said a few reckless things. Okay. Oh. <laughs> you could be super daddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's just too creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was my original thought. <laughs> I don't think there's anything creepy about it. You know what? To send an actual... I was taught a long time ago, if you truly mean something, to send an actual written note, and that's what you'll, you know, each one of those have a written note inside of the, uh, the they gift. They laser engraved. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a little bit a of, you know, took some thought. And that's why I was asking everybody for their logos. And I would get, why you want my logo? Well, it's not like I'm going to do anything bad with it. Um, so. In like tattoos. 30 seconds, we've been teasing this new training facility. But can you talk about it? So the new training facility is a self-standing 10,000 square foot building. 5,000 square feet is for warehouse and supplies for everyone. The other side is going to be three rock autos, a couple of dryers. Uh, we're going to have a wax unit, have a laser unit in there. We're going to have, um, what do you call it, auto coder, classes by Made Lab, classes by Matt Marcotte. And I'm hoping to grab some other people and bring them in. Where? Uh, Schaumburg, Illinois. That's right outside Chicago. We were born right around there. That's right. So Hell it's, yeah. it's going to be a great thing to get people to come in kind of bring them up to date on the industry and hopefully just keep the education flowing. Cause We're trying to name it. I already, we are, I thought we already got that. Daddy's right. Basement. If, you know, seven. if this Daddy's gets basement. 12 likes, it's the Daddy Shack. The Daddy Shack, <laughs> Daddy's Basement, Daddy's Garage. 1907. We need 12 likes. Comment, <laughs> comment for names. Thank you, Dave. Upvote. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for the Take invite. it easy. Thanks, man. See, we'll see you guys later. Have a great one. Are you on Instagram? Yeah, you are. I am on Instagram. Super but Daddy. After 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 Multicraft Daddy, I don't think I want to tell you what my handle is. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this was one of the joys of sort of like having a business partner like Rum, right? If anybody had to have the Super Daddy handle, it's him. No, he's Super Jesus. He's actually only one Rum. Was that his only, DJ name? Was that his stage was, name? That was, was his DJ name. Only one Rum. <laughs> and he's probably going to kill me for saying that later on. But like, it's such a such a funny thing. I think Follow rum and only one rum. If you need wedding DJs <laughs> or mitzvahs, birthday parties. You know what's really funny? We were talking about finding old shops on YouTube from their like band days. Yeah. So I was listening to uh, Eric Solomon and Night Owls uh, old music. If you love like Screamo, I, I'm hoping I'm categorizing this right. Um, it's really cool. And then I've got Max Hellman at Family Industries queued up in his band, Brett Bowden in his band, and then now Only One Rums mixes. If you were a musician up. in your past life before getting into the apparel business and you are still on YouTube. Please send it, actually. Link it's fun the, to listen to. Link in the comments. All right, folks. We were just about to do the ad read for um, Supercolor, but who better than the Super Daddies themselves? We were just talking about your Instagram. Well, yeah, we actually shouted out only one rum. <laughs> my personal one? You're going to change it, though. <laughs> oh, man. So It's all about my kids. Tell us about only one rum. Ooh. 
Only One Rum, back in the day, <laughs> was a DJ, right? Used to play the clubs in Hollywood. Birthday and, parties. Uh, did a lot of house parties, frat parties. And then eventually, as the DJ started to old age, um, it started to become more like weddings and stuff like that. And I knew my time was up. And I passed the mic and the turntables did you, did you do weddings? to my brother. Did you, really, did you really do weddings? Oh, hell yeah, man. Weddings are money. In the, in the DJ game, that's how you make money, did man. You get paid like five, six grand a gig. And the brides needed merch. I didn't get into the merch game until 2016. I was in investment finance, like from my, my early career was, I, I graduated from USC and then I was in, in, in the investment finance sector working for Merrill Lynch. And then I went independent and I got into real estate finance and real estate and, and um, you know, got into multifamily housing and apartment buildings and stuff yeah, like that. I didn't know about all that. Yeah, no, I've, I've done a lot of stuff and kind of got burnt out over there. And that's when, in 2016, a friend of mine approached me to get into this business and uh, lucky for it. Heck yeah. So you're going to change your Instagram. So we were telling Mike to change his Instagram to Super Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, and you could be Super Jesus. Hey, um. I'm working on a new account. It's called Super Rum. So okay, Super Rum. Yeah, we'll Super Rum. It. All right, follow is, him. Super is that Rum. It? Super Rum. Just Super Rum. S U P A Rum. All right, you guys have. Uh, I just made a shirt actually because I want to test it out. We've been teasing this a little bit on the show. Okay. Um, the V2. Actually, you guys don't call it the V2, but it's we a call new it iteration. Next Gen. Next Gen. Internally. It's the V2 of transfers that you've been spending a lot of time working on. So really excited about this because you know, you've been working on it, you've been talking about the facility is beautiful that you've been putting together, but what exactly is NextGen V2? When we, um, when we first come up with Supercolor, getting, getting the raw materials was a difficult thing because it was a very small pool of people that were making this transfer and the material that we got available suited people who had high quality presses perfectly. Normally the air operated presses, like the air fusions and all that sort of thing. And in the early days of Supercolor, we didn't sell it to anybody else. So we'd go into a shop and they'd say, I want to start pressing Supercolor. We'd go and tell them to buy an air fusion or a, an Insta 828 or something like that. To make sure like you have a good heat press. To make sure they had a good heat yeah. press because part of, the, part of the, um, the whole thing about heat pressing, the heat press is a large part of it. You know, if you're not if you're not if you're not getting enough pressure, enough temperature, enough time, you know, and if it's not repeatable, then it makes it difficult. And we we didn't want our product to fail in the marketplace because that was the really early days of building the brand. And so we dictated who we sold to and whose heat press they used, and everything was really easy. And then we came to America, and everything's I, easier in America. Everything's easier in America, but. We, we found different markets and we worked out that we couldn't control who we were selling it to. And once we started selling it really wide and especially to our retail market, like the crafter and the hustler market, we, we found that some presses couldn't hold the pressure or the temperature was inconsistent and other bits and pieces. And so sometimes people's first up experience with Supercolor wasn't what it needed to be. They'd get our sample pack and they'd press it and then they'd have issues, they'd contact us, but chances are they, they wouldn't come back. 
you know? And, and it, then they might get a job and they've spent some money with us and they're having problems pressing it. So the V2 was really about sort of, I suppose, producing a product which had a wider range of application to suit all of the different types of presses out there. I remember early on, you were very, your marketing was very like, make sure your pressure is, like you were very, and, and forward about it. Forward about it. And I think when we first started soup, we've only had air fusions, you know, and so it was never really an issue for us. Um, can you tell us about the trend? I thought what you said there was interesting is when you brought it to America, you realized there were more hobbyists and crafters and hustlers in New Zealand or wherever the heck you, on the other side of the world, were you selling more commercially only? Pretty much. It was mainly to print shops and in fact, it was only to print shops. We we built brand at um, an ASI, PPAI type level. Mm. And and they knew what it stood for and it was easy to price and all that sort of thing. And what they would do is they would ask their print shops and that was our primary market. And when we came to America, that was the idea. We were going to do the same thing. We were going to go and chase all the print shops. And me and Rum used to cruise around in places. We'd, we'd arrive and we'd have a spare afternoon and Rum would get out the phone and we'd go cold calling print shops. And it's funny, right? Like some of them are still our biggest customers. They are. You know, you think about guys like Moss Green and yeah, for sure. That 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 lady Helen at NBM Sports yeah. in San Jose. Yeah. And we just walked off the street and they're like, "What are you doing here?" And it's like, I'm surprised there was a no hawking, no. Are you no sure hawking signs. Yeah, we just yeah, rolled no, up, up with some transfers and be like, "Let's press these." But that's what you did at like the first or second print hustlers. That's what we yeah. did. That's gave how we, every single person a sample I, pack. It was a really like a grassroots guerrilla style. Of, of selling, you know, non-intrusive, like, hey, you don't want us here, we'll leave. But we'd always leave them with a t-shirt and they'd be like, hold up, wait a minute, what is this? And that was always the hook, right? We always had printed shirts. And, gotta... um, and you know, the, the, the thing, just going back a little bit about about the product itself, what we like to say is it's, um, it's by decorators for decorators, right? This product was made to solve problems that we had in our own shops. We were experiencing a hard time printing multicolored designs in our shop, and that's why we landed on, 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 on Supercolor. And then it was about like, okay, well this is too big and too good for us to keep for ourselves. We need to share this with everyone. Well, everyone turned out to be a really big audience because mm -hmm. the more people that found out about it, the more opportunities we had to get the transfers into their hands. And the challenge was, is we were working with everyone from that Amazon press that's $200. That Bruce has. Right? It to, was not to, $200. And, and also, <laughs> you told me not to call him out because you're right, like, yeah, it's not the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> but does, does your press have a lever, Bruce? Yeah, yeah. It does. But, you know... Uh, I'm not going to get it. It's Sorry, actually Bruce's forearm the challenge, isn't as strong. The challenge really became on our customer success side. We were taking emails and phone calls and chats on yeah. all of these different channels that, hey, I got this product. Um, I love it, but I can't get it to work. And then Bill, our other partner who runs kind of like the service side of the pressing issues, was basically on the phone all the time get, teaching people how to press. Now, Majority of the Speaking people we which, get them there. Really separately, um, somebody was telling me randomly about you guys, and they were like, "Literally, any I've only had like one issue, and they literally overnighted the fix." And I was like, "We we sort of undervalue the service component because it's yeah. technically free as a customer, but 
not every company is like that at no. all. No, so it's you guys insane. Crush it there. It's insane. I would. I mean, I was sending like me that. some me hard that. art that was like a bad gradient or something, and you're like, send it back over. And I so, was like, it was nuts. And so it's you, not even you. It was like your team. Yeah. This is this is what our uh, you know sales and marketing teams that that I work with we talk about. People don't buy from you because they understand you. They buy from you because you understand them. And what we understand is the pain that decorators go through. So if we don't overnight that packet of transfers to them to solve that pain, then we're just contributing to it. Mm -hmm. We want to stop the buck right there to make sure that they make their customers happy. Yeah. I think you guys need a FedEx sponsorship. How much do you spend at FedEx? <laughs> what is your FedEx bill every month? It was well, we looked at our bill from last year. It was it was it was a bit over a million. So, and that's not UPS or anything. Do they send else. an account manager or no? They're like, do you get oh. free stuff like Uline? Like a couple mugs or? <sighs> Man, they're good to us. We'll say that's that. good. They're, they're nice we, to us. We haven't had any trips problem, to the Super Bowl yet. <laughs> but you know, freight, freight, there's a lot of drama like around freight probably. right now. Yeah. I mean, like costs and prices and everything are going through the roof. And Wait, I, sorry, I cut you off because yeah. that was important of like the, um, the variance of presses yeah. and how to solve that. Because that's crazy to think about and then have to yeah. go back to the lab so th to fix that. Right. And that goes back to why next gen? Why next gen? Because we wanted to make Supercolor more accessible. And the way that we made it more accessible is by making it easier to peel. When you make it easier to peel, you have more confidence. When you have more confidence, you get to go faster. When you get to go faster, you get to make more money. And time is money in this business. And so that's what super fast, super easy is all about. So when we think about what we're going to do next from a te technology standpoint, we look at not just what can we introduce as a new product, but what can we improve so that our customers benefit from it? What's interesting, I think, is that you realize the heat presses out there were crap, but you weren't going to try and solve that yet. You're like, let's just focus on making yeah, our product slightly better instead of like blaming things out of your control, you know? But yeah. how do you fix, like, do you have chemists? You know, like I'm thinking like it's all right. super chemist rum. Sure. We know <laughs> the we, only like we know there or is it like you guys are laughing. So I'm yeah. guessing you're messing no, up. I, I just say like the only the chemistry kitchen, I know is behind the bar, <laughs> you know, or <laughs> mixing DJ some, booth. or mixing some some records on the turntable. But um, Mike, Mike's probably better to answer that question. <laughs> Early on in the in the piece, we started working with a really select group of suppliers and we rely on them a lot. For, for, for our product development, but we work with them because they don't necessarily understand what's going on at the market level. And it's kind of interesting that you mentioned that we didn't try and control the press. You can't. The press is just the press. And right. all of these people, like every, it's, it's like, why do people buy different cars? You know, they, they come to a show, they see the different features and benefits, something resonates with them and they, they, they buy that press. It took us a year. There was a lot of trial and error. There was a lot of samples coming backwards and forwards and the, the, the reality is we, we, were, we were dealing with somebody in another country as well. And, but once we, once we worked out what it was and what we needed to do, then we had to swap out our mylar. But it's um, such a key part of the experience. And just coming back to the, the brand promise, the super easy, super fast, our product in some cases, depending on your press, wasn't super easy. 
And when you put a brand promise out there like that, you can't you can't not live up to it. Hmm. You know, so mm. you and you've got to keep developing. The industry is going to change. How how long was this process of? Okay, we're set on making this V two next gen. Like when was that? Was that a year ago? Was that six it's, months ago? It, it's a, it's a it con, it's a continue. Yeah, last January. Last January. Yeah, and this is only the second. When we started, we went through about three or four different types of um, product, the the base carrier, and then we settled on the one that we had. But so the reality is, this is the only second change in that. Yeah, area. wow. So there's a, there's had, a lot right? that like, goes into it. Did you have to buy pre- like all kinds of? Do you just have a room of, of the presses? crappiest heat yeah. presses in America? Yeah, we, we, have, we have a lot of heat presses. A lot of heat <laughs> and presses. So you purposely bring in the crappy Amazon ones to be like, well, if it works on Amazon. Hey, so check this out. This is the crazy bit. So we brought in one of those crafter type presses, like the cricket uh-huh. style the ones. Cricket iron. The hand press. Yep. And we got it to work with that. And then we washed it 10 times. And usually if you wash, wash the trans- our transfers after a couple of times, we know it's going to it's going to make it. And, um, when it worked with that, we knew we were, we were really onto something. And, um, because that's the gold right there. If you didn't, if, if you don't have to, um, worry so much about the equipment that you have and you can just print garments and, and do it in a confident manner, then you're winning. So what we have to do after, after we test all of these different variations, we have Wait, to send it, them in. Was it okay? It was After great. Time? It, it was, was great. Fine. Wow. Yeah. And, it, and by I, way, I, I, a, have, I have that shirt here, actually. Is a wash test dry, too, or you just keep turning yeah, it on? So we put every, in, in every stage of our, of, 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 you know, like this R&D, we'd send it in for wash testing with um, Intertech. Okay. And it gets, they get washed and dried 90 times. 90 times. Our promise is 50. You think somebody's like going like I don't think I do 90 loads of like laundry a year. It takes, about, it takes them about six to eight weeks on a rush to do. And then we're like, you got to do this one now. Now you got to do this one. Wow. And they're like, you guys got to slow down. Hopefully you know, but, hopefully it's in the same machine. Hopefully they don't have to swap <laughs> it out each time. But um, <laughs> then they take pictures. Like, Every 10 yep. washes, they take pictures. They send it to us. And then they tell us if it's a, generally wow. if it's a pass or a fail. Or if that. there's any type of breakdown. Lifting, peeling, anything like that. And um, yeah, and so now for us, it's an ongoing process. Like we're not done. We're not like, okay, mic drop, V2's out, next gen's out. But that must no. have been exciting, right? With the cricket and the 10, you passed. It was more, it was more of a relief. Because were you internally a little scared? I mean, a part of me is always scared. <laughs> because, well, if you think about it, Supercolor has grown a ton. Uh, but you've also really started to get into like the hobbyists and the crafters and the yeah. startup shops and stuff. And so like, cause your marketing, Supercolor's marketing could be some of the best in the industry, but if that keeps going and the transfers don't meet the demand of the customer, now you're getting more complaints from people that really don't yeah. know what they're doing. There's a lot of scarier com- than complaints from me. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of competition out there, right, Mike? Oh, totally. And, and the, the product is always the center of the activity. If your product's not right, it doesn't matter how nice you are or how many good stories you can tell or what your marketing looks like. If somebody buys your transfer and it has a fail, so like, yeah. or they can't get it on, then that's it. You're probably done and they've moved on to the next transfer company because there's a lot of competition now. Yeah. We're, not the, we're not the only game in town. But, and, and when you said, do we worry? We worry a lot because we're decorators. We don't just sell transfers. Yeah. You know, like we press and we, we, we use the product and um, 
there was a long, long time there in the early days where I wouldn't wear a Supercolor T-shirt because I was scared that one morning I'd wake up and it would come out of the wash and it'd, it would have peeled up, right? But um, long, those days are long gone. What happened after this one? So this this test, you, which is a good idea, right? Like test maybe the most variant type of. I mean, we had like we had like five versions uh -huh. that we were working with simultaneously. And Bill is probably a guy you you, you want to meet in our organization. He's our other partner, and he's the godfather of Supercolor. So when it comes down to the construction of the transfer and the chemistry of it, he's he's the person that's kind of leading that effort for us. And um, you know there were there were a couple of them in there that were were, were were really close and and then you you have to pick a horse and ride with it right and um, what was really interesting about the version that we landed on is that we put it into circulation for a full month without telling anybody last summer to see if, really? to see what would happen to see if the failure rate would what, be like the a same. June yeah. to July we're no. going to see We just it was August we ran with it we didn't tell see anyone See customer service Did you tell your team? We didn't tell anybody. We well the production team knew. Okay. We didn't tell like really tell customer success or sales That's, or anyone. Wow. No hardly anybody noticed press failures went down, customer success complaints went down. We learned so much from that experience that we were like, we just got to roll with this now. Mm. And then it took us about three months to get the stock and the inventory and all of that stuff ready in all of our markets, which is a major mission. So we rolled it out in the U.S. in December. And now in New Zealand, I think we're about to yeah, drop next, pretty next soon. Yeah, next week in New Zealand. Next week. Middle of next month and for like, the UK. And the UK. Do you actually measure? This is really interesting because you guys are working at such scale. Did you measure the percentage points of like how many complaints came in? Because I mean, you know, you're not going to be perfect, right? Like, did you actually look into that? What was that like? We look at it. Um, Mike, Mike can chip in here. We look at our reprint rate. Okay. That's what we look at, and then we look at the cause of the reprint. What is the issue? You know, was it a production issue? Was it a pressing issue? Was it an artwork issue? There's like several different buckets that they can fall into. Mm. And we just key in on the ones that we think are related to the film. Can, would you share what that percentage is? Our reprint rate, rate is, is below one and a half percent in wow. general. It's that's very, insane. very and, low. And we're pretty aggressive with the reprint rate. I mean, you guys reprint like anything. If, yeah. Well, that's yeah. it. And, and we, don't, we don't judge, right? If it's... We just want you to be happy. So if you've made an issue with your artwork or if we've made an issue with our artwork or if it doesn't stick or for whatever reason, if you're not happy, we just go and we reprint it. Yeah. Because the, the fastest way to a resolution of anything is getting the right thing in the customer's hands at the right time. Yeah. I think what's really interesting, uh, did I tell you about the Jeff Bezos Twitter video? Mm -mm. He said the word, we obsess over our customer a hundred times over the course of like five years and they recorded every single clip of it. And he just always says, like, we just obsess over the customer. We innovate based on the customer. And it just seems like you guys do that over and over again. I don't know if there's other companies, like Bruce, what other companies in this industry really do that the same way Supa does? Going to the Simon Sinek thing of, like, start with why you, you win because your goal isn't the competitor. It's, like, the, the long-term customer, which is And we're big fans. We're powerful. big fans of Simon, so. Yeah. We yeah. We're trying to get Simon on. Hey, this message is to Simon Sinek. We want you at the conference. Oh, 
You just need I've to been go emailing his people all the time. <laughs> I think he's, he's pretty not doing expensive. any public. He is, but he's not very public is the big problem. So here's how you do it. You just need to go to Bella Canvas's new gym in Beverly Hills, ask uh, Chris Blakesley for an, for an invite, because that's where he likes to work out. Okay. That's that's the hangout I'm gonna spot. Do that. We're going to bring the mics. Hey, Simon. That's the word on the street. Hey, I've got a couple people I'm playing the long game with, and that's Simon. Uh, okay, so can we talk about competition for a second? At this show, there are machines here that print transfers. How are you? What are your... If I were to look at your... True, your thoughts, like, yeah. If I were to look at inside your brains right now or your communication late at night when you're, you know, sitting in bed, <laughs> what does that look like? Anybody who prints using a heat press is our cousin. Hmm. Whether it's somebody else or somebody else's transfer, whether it's DTF, whether it's DTF they've bought, whether it's DTF they've made, it gets people pressing more. And it's taken us a long time in our heads to get to this because at the end of the day, everybody's got competitors. Everybody worries about their competitive footprint and whether or not they've got the right products or the right activities to compete. But What's really interesting is Rum puts it really eloquently. It's it, it comes down to that buy or make decision. And all of the stuff in this room, all of the machinery in this room, you've got to buy and it costs you five grand, ten grand, fifty grand for the bigger ones. That MR Polaris machine yesterday, they told me that was eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Decorators in general, they come to these shows and they buy equipment because they're great at making. What we want to sort of like, I suppose, get more customers of ours to do is get great at selling. And when they start putting all of their time and their effort into selling and creating instead of making, their businesses get better. They make more money. I, I was just at a licensing trade show where everything's finished. And I was asking, I'm like, do you print your own stuff? And they're like, hell no. I'm like, dang it. Hell no, brother. <laughs> and they're like, no, we, we, we have a five-person team. We run a $15 million company. We have someone else do it for us. And I just, every time I see it, I'm like... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so whether you buy your transfer off us or whether you buy it off Styles or whether you buy it off whoever, it doesn't really matter because like as soon as you bought a transfer for a difficult to press job or print job and that, you're basically just putting more time into your day. And that's the one thing that decorators are short of. Nobody's got any more time. Yeah. Everything's hard in their shop. It's a it's you know. We some mornings you wake up and you want to take an axe to that machine. Yeah. <laughs> a lot have seen my episodes. <laughs> you know, we, we also look around the room, at, or at least I do, and you see all this emerging technology to make transfers, to press transfers. We think it's great. We want the transfer industry to grow. We want it to become the biggest part of this industry, right? I mean, at the end of the day, in our DNA is screen printing, but we want transfers to be bigger than screen printing, not you know, because we want to make more money, but because we see the value in it growing. We see the opportunity that it affords and provides decorators on a level that, you know, some of the other technology may not be attainable, may not be reachable, you know, for them like that Polaris. I think what's really interesting is I was talking to Jeffrey Paul, who spends a lot of time overseas in the Asia's. And he's like, yeah, everyone's heat pressing. Yeah. The states are uh, late to the game. Yeah. At Patagonia and Adidas. And, and, and I'm just like, huh. Everyone always thinks of heat pressing as like, oh, that's the quick shortcut. No, I think the rest of the world is doing it. We're just late, late to adopt it or readopt it, yeah. should I say. And that's why pressing fast or being able to press fast and easy is like our focus. And we're looking at um, 
you know, heat press technology that's going to allow people to go faster. There's some really good things out there. What? Can you leak anything? Yeah, can you leak? Yeah, well, no. I mean, right I mean, in your booth today. Well, yeah. yeah they're in our booth today, there's... Um, East-West machines. A, there's a man, East-West machines. cut to a video, machines. like, show that. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's and, and it's a press by MEM. And, um, but, you know, Transmatic, um, AIT, they make these uh, six-head, eight-head presses that we're seeing in shops. Stampinator. Mike can tell you. Yeah, Mike can tell you a little story about that. Um, uh, of what that guy's doing. We got a we got a customer in Sydney who's got a the Transmatic six head press. He's pressing with three people who all use a screen print at four hundred and fifty an hour, and he charges a dollar fifty a press. And he's got another person who's sitting there running around, sort of like you know doing the pre flight and ganging everything up and unpacking the boxes and that. And like he doesn't screen print anymore. He's got three automatics standing around that machine doing nothing. And he doesn't want to because it's easier, it's cleaner, you know, they don't have to make screens, they don't have to make sinks. But the reality is he's also making more money off that machine with that press charge than he could make off any screen printing machine. So what about like, okay, like hard to print, like gradient simulated process, like the Daytona looking shirts, the NASCAR shirts. What is, how do you guys, because I know that's always like a challenge. So what are you guys working 80 -20 on? 80-20 rule, man. What is that? The big, you know? the big limitation of any transfer is you really have to have a hard edge. We can't fade off like having a smoke yeah. print or a, a whatever. A lot of the simulated process prints and that sort of thing, that's difficult to do with transfer. But what Rum just said there, 80-20, you can never have one thing in your shop. You have to have a fleet of things. And think about it like the Swiss Army knife, right? Like if you've got a screen printing machine and if you've got a DTG machine, the DTG will normally cover your one-offs and your short runs and the ones that need the smoke. And then when it gets over 20 units, you don't want to go through and pre-treat and all that sort of thing. But it's also got 20 colors in it. You also don't want to put it on your eight-color screen print machine. You're now into super-color territory. You're an embroidery shop. You don't have any printing capability at all. You're outsourcing it to the guy down the road and you want to bring it in-house. You go buy a heat press, all of a sudden you're offering printed garments with your embroidered garments. So the, the balance point in the shop, like when you go and look at a customer's shop, like a decorated shop, what you're looking for is you're looking for what machinery they run, and then you understand where you can fit in and help them out. And that's how, that's how, we, that's how we've onboarded and sold Supercolor. So like, hmm. you know, a lot of our early customers like me and Bill and Rum, we, had a, we were eco-sold transferring, and we were selling a lot of vinyl, and we hated weeding. Yeah. That's, that's how we ended up with sort of yeah. super color. But we still eco-sold on our shops because if somebody comes in with a bag and it's got a round logo on it and they want 20 pieces, rather than order it from Supercolor, we'll just go and put it on the eco-sold. It's going to look perfect. So that there's no one-size-fits-all, you know, but 80-20 is right. We're never going to sell everybody anything, everything. But you guys are also iterating, obviously, next gen. You came out with gang sheets last yeah. year, uh, yep. which were big. After next gen, what's next? Well, <laughs> three more kids. Oh, or? Man. <laughs> uh, no, I'm done with the kids. Man. Super daddy's over with oh, the super kids. Daddy. There's, there's, there's some, there's some interesting things that we're working on. Um, that we probably don't want to talk about right here, right now, but I will tell you this, that, um, um, in our booth, we have samples of metallics and, um, that's something that we're pretty excited about which is an added value feature that won't cost um, our customers more money. If they set up the artwork right, we're gonna be able to play, uh, print spot color metallics. 
Um, and uh, that's, a, that's a pretty exciting thing that we're looking forward to this year on top of what we just done. What do you, uh, I, I think the thing I've been asking every business owner here is like, as a person and as like a leader in your, your companies, what do you feel like this year you'd like to improve upon as you know, you yourself can sort of separate out of the business. Obviously it's interchangeable here, but <laughs> so I, don't know, I think it humanizes a little bit because everybody, you know, I, we you had just some had big twins. wigs, we had small, we, they, everything yeah, in between. They can't heat press yet. Oh man, that list is so <laughs> yeah, long, but the twins to you, you want to take this one first? <laughs> we, we grew really quickly. We went Last from, year? oh, and the year before. Mm -hmm. like, can you tell us the percentage year over year from like when rum 2016, 27, or when, when do y'all, 2018? 2019. 2019. Can you tell us the percentage? Last year was 68%, and the year before that was something like, I don't know, 120%. And, but the, the, the real interesting thing about that growth was not necessarily that we, that we grew that much. It was about the amount of people that we had to hire. Yeah. And um, That was we, a crazy part. We, we hired probably, I think last year we've hired 100 people which means you've probably interviewed 300 wow. people. Yeah. And the year before that, we hired 100 people. Um, and what ended up happening is all of a sudden, we, we ended up as this company of nearly 300 people worldwide now. Mm. And what was fascinating is in the early days, we were really hands-on. We, we did everything. We, we worked on everything. We knew about the processes. You know, like we all had a little specialty areas and all that sort of thing. But as we grew we really started to understand that what Supercolor needed was leaders and not just at the, the higher level like us, at all levels. You know, they needed structure, they needed management, they needed clarity amongst what they were doing because once you get to a, and the reality is once you're at any size, once you employ people, if that guy doesn't know what he needs to do for you or girl, then all of a sudden you're going to end up being the busiest guy in the room. And so one of the biggest challenges, I suppose, Is that for like me- like how you felt? Oh, totally. Yeah. I got brought up where you, you, you worked hard. Yeah, you right? just like do my, it. My dad had a business. Yeah. You know, like a lot of my early lessons in my life came from my dad and, and sort of like what, we taught, what he taught me about customers, how you treat them, all that sort of carry on. But the one thing he taught me to do was just to work hard. Work hard, everything's going to be okay. Rum, you're probably not that dissimilar there. Yeah. You know? And, um, and what was- um, What's been really strange, right, is we got to the point in our company where it wasn't about working hard anymore. It was about thinking hard, making good decisions, and having enough space in your day so that you could see what was going on, so that you could, you could lead people to a better outcome. And the, the last little project we've been doing over the last sort of probably, what, six months, is we've really been developing as a leadership team. We've got, a, we've got six people around us now, and we're, we're trying to work out and we're the leaders of the business, we're not the doers of the business. And sometimes that transaction is kind of transition is hard. It's awkward. Because it's it's awkward, really right? Awkward. You know, and so you like, see shit. Do do? And it's like yeah. you just like, oh man, I gotta get there and fix it. Yeah. I mean, I'm dealing and, with it right now where we have a CFO, a CTO, a couple directors, and they're like, Steven, you don't have to be on those meetings. We got it. Yeah. And we will tell you what you need to hear so you can focus on yep. your stuff. And I'm just like yeah, yeah, but I want to be in it. Like, yeah. no. Yeah. You want to you you know, right? Yeah, right? I know. You want to know everything that's going on. Yeah. I have the hardest time oh, man. extracting you know, myself out of the mess. You the, yeah. I talked to Justin Lawrence last week or two weeks ago. He goes, I'm not on Slack. 
And I'm like, what? He goes, I'm not on Slack. Because my leadership team tells me what I need to hear. And if I'm on Slack, I'm going to be in everyone's business. And I'm just like, mm, wow. Slack. One of the, one of, one of, just a couple of days ago, we had a very proud moment, right? Like our team was here setting up the trade show. And we were back at Hawthorne. And we had a whole lot of customer visits and a whole lot of other sort of stuff. And at the end of the day, I said to Rama, I said, how hard was that? And he goes, man, I so wanted to be there. But when we got here... Did Bruce set up? up the trade show the other day. <laughs> when, we, well, when we got I here, got everything was perfect. Here, and and it, was, it was like everything was great and they'd done a great job. Everything was – and we just strolled on in and went yeah. to work, started talking to people. And um, But just building on what Mike was saying, doing doing the role clarity work, that was like the last six months of what, what him and I worked on. Yeah. And um, being able to do that for nearly every job role in the business was huge because then you knew what they were accountable for, you knew what they were responsible for, and they're not the same thing. We learned that the hard way. And, um, and now everybody looking into 2023 has a greater sense of direction in terms of what their day is supposed to look like, what they're supposed to be doing, and who their customer is, whether it's in the business or outside mm -hmm. the business. And um, that's gonna change us internally like more than we actually realize it today. I think there's a like literally like a physiological something that like an addiction of uh, but it like I'll set it up. Are you, I'll do it. Are, yeah. you it, are you justifying your trade show setup, Bruce? <laughs> but it takes, <laughs> I didn't do it it all takes someone <laughs> like back. we share the same sales coach. Like Kevin Baumgart helps me out. Uh, yeah. He helps you yeah. out. And sometimes the stuff he tells you, it's not that hard, Steven. But he has to literally remind me like every week. Like, did you set up roles? Is this clarified? Does this? And I'm like, why am I? Why is this so difficult? But it really takes someone. Yeah. It takes someone physically telling you no. <laughs> yeah. That that you will listen to multiple do, times. You, do you guys think structured or you structured? Know, like, are you are you organized people? Like, if 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 you guys are working by yourself and you have one heat press and you're running a business and there was nobody else there, is your space clean, tidy, organized? Is everything in its place or are you guys just like a teenage boy's room with shit everywhere and just doing <laughs> what has to be done and all of that like it's not great. I've 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 had to create good newer habits, but my peers and other leaders will say like your business takes on the personality of the owner and I'm like, wait, that's not my strength of being that, so I have to like unlearn that stuff. Yeah. No, really, that's 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 a problem. Um <laughs> Okay, I promise this one's my last one. Uh, did you make any, like, were there any critical roles that you hired last year that you wish you would have maybe done earlier? Because I've oh, seen yeah. some for us that was like, Hell oh, yeah. damn, this was two years late. Uh, sales obviously, director. you know, yeah. Was there any, yeah. like, specific role or two that... Sales director. Sales director? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, look, uh, we'll, we'll be honest. When we started, we'd like to say we're an online business. That was our mindset. Yeah. We used to think that way. And um, we didn't have a lot of great communication with customers as we were bringing them on board and um, getting them uh, understanding who they are so that we could solve more of their problems. And uh, we didn't really have uh, an outbound strategy as much as we do an inbound strategy. And um, we heard that. And we also realized that um, if we wanted to continue to grow, we were going to have to hunt. And so then 
We brought on a, a sales director and um, we think she's fantastic. We've built out a sales team of uh, account executives and account managers um, that are going to help us onboard new customers, bring in new customers, but also the ones that we have, help them grow their accounts with us. And I think that that was really, really critical. There was probably another one, a CFO. Mike can talk about that. We brought a CFO in, yeah. it was awesome. And um, there, there were several, to be honest we, with you. The, the marketing man, uh, manufacturing manager, Robbie. Yeah. You know, like putting him in place meant that everything didn't kick up to us. And uh, what that did is it instantly just took a, a lump of questions and detail off us, which yeah. meant that we could start focusing on. We hired Hamish, our CMO, last year. Yep. So we, we literally built out our directors and C-level last year. And Mike and I took on um, more specific roles. You know, like um, it was like my two dads for a long time. You know, and he'd say something and then I'd say something and it'd create some confusion and everybody's like, all right, what are we doing here? And, um, and so now, now, now we kind of know what lane we're in. Have you guys ever heard of the circus tent analogy for a business? Like the owner puts up the first tent, pull in the tent, but like you have to find other people to like put up all the other tents to make your circus as big as possible so that everyone can be under it. You never heard this? That's good. Uh, so you guys are the first two poles in the circus tent, but it's up to you to find, yeah. find other poles that are bigger than you. That's my analogy. We, we, <laughs> we also had to understand that we had to hire ahead of the business. Cause when you're growing really, really fast and if you hire somebody for right now, you, and that was what the role clarity was about. We, we now have a pretty clear vision and a structure that should take us through the next sort of phases of our growth. That's a, that's, a, that's a real challenge when you're growing, understanding yeah. what comes next. And to be honest with you, like, I don't know, this is the biggest company I've ever run. And it's probably the biggest Was one that you've ever run either. Only and, one yeah. rum. Now it's only a lot of rum. <laughs> <laughs> Junior rums. <laughs> a lot of them. He's going he's gonna to make me pay for that later on. Hey, man, don't hate the player, hate the game. <laughs> they, asked, they asked me what my Instagram handle was. I wouldn't tell them. So I told them yeah, yours. Yeah, so he revved you out. <laughs> yeah. It's all right, guys. Hey, thank you guys, though, for joining. Hey, I've, I've got, I got something for you before, before we really? drop these mics. Yeah. So we, we had lunch with you a while back. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, we asked you, um, what would you tell your younger self or what would you do differently? Yeah. And uh, one of the things that you told us was you'd speak to more of your competition. Yeah. And uh, we wanted to thank you for that because we did that. And we yeah, met with all of advice. them. Heck yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um, we, uh, we broke bread and had drinks with stalls and, and uh, some, of, some of our other competitors. And it's, um, it, was, it was good. It was good, to, it was good to get to know other people in the business that are feeling the same pain as us. And I wanted to thank you for that, man. Yeah, of course. Appreciate that. Well, I appreciate that lunch too. It was good. That was good lunch. <laughs> yeah, I think I had chicken sandwich. I you remember. want lunch? We'll buy you lunch. I gotta give you some better advice. <laughs> yeah, no. not that circus tent stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounded better in my head. Time. We, we need to make him a t-shirt with a circus tent on it. <laughs> I'm just one pole in the tent. That's good. I'm gonna send that order in today. Bruce, don't do the art. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> thank you guys. Rum, Mike. From the Super Hogala gang, Impressions, everybody, producer Chris, Steven, we appreciate you guys listening. We'll see you guys in the next Print Hustlers podcast.
Sweet. Bye. Cheers. Thanks.